Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of the Critical Millennial Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Cryan, and I am joined with the other host... Alex Holtz. <laughs> we are so excited to be doing this podcast with you guys here today. So sit down, grab some... Hey, everybody, this is Editing Kyle here. So we are actually one week away... Well, one week has passed since Alex and I recorded this episode, and in the process of editing it all together, I lost just a few seconds of audio, and now I am recording where those few seconds would be. So I'm just kind of filling in a gap of where a joke was supposed to be, um, and that joke was then deleted um, somehow by me or by the Holy Spirit, uh, deleting it and saying that wasn't a good joke at all. So I'm sorry. But anyway, the rest of the podcast is just fine, and I hope you guys enjoy the very first episode of The Critical Millennial. Critical. Critical. Alex, uh, can you just tell us for a few minutes as to why on earth the world needs another podcast hosted by two white dudes? Yeah, definitely. So Kyle and I have um, a lot of different shared interests. Um, We both like movies. We like music. We like video games. And all of these things are things that are in the world, right? So the thing about that is we want to engage them from a biblically critical point of view. Oh yeah, 100%. 100%. Yep. So what, what I'm talking about there is that the thing is Kyle and I are both believers. We are both very committed to Christ. Um, we believe that the Bible is the ultimate source of truth. And so when we, when we really look at what this entertainment is, what it's feeding us, what it's giving us, we want to look at it through a lens of biblical, critical, Christ-like mentality. And so when, when I'm talking about that, we're not looking at this from yeah. a reviewed or like a um, necessarily a worldly standpoint, but we're watching and taking in content. In yeah, so like if, if we're talking about a film like, we, like we'll do later later on, um, we're not going to say like, oh, we give this film an, an A plus or we give this film an yeah. F. We're, we're just going to say, here's what the film is. Yeah. Here's how the film made us feel or think and, and maybe react. Yeah. And then leave it up to you really to decide. But we'll we'll tell you at the end of like, hey, Maybe as a Christian, you shouldn't play this video game. You shouldn't read this book. You shouldn't see this movie. Or on the opposite side, maybe as a Christian, you definitely need to do one of these yeah. things. Um, and and I think that the reason I think we're we're coming at this and that we've come up with this podcast idea is because we we feel as though the the church in America or like Christians in America specifically are losing or have lost the art or the ability to think biblically and critically about. The world around them. It's either like all is good, none is good, or I'm just going to stay silent about what I like and not engage anyone in, in a conversation. Yeah. And I, I, it's a poor decision to, I think, to either, like you're saying, to either recluse yourself and uh, hide yourself away or to give yourself all in or to say like everything is bad. Right. But to actually take the time to think, consider, mm-hmm. and have good conversation yeah. about 
video games, movies, music, whatever, whatever it is, whatever the entertainment is that's in the that in the world today that we're taking in, um, especially as Americans, we need to take time to really take a step back and think. So, what does this mean for me as a Christian? How does this reflect Christ? How can I take this in rightly? Yeah, and I, I'm really excited for that. I'm excited for those discussions uh, because, like, just to add on to that, just a little bit, I think. And I'm not getting political when I say these things necessarily, but I think that there are three sections that we've, we've hinted at as to way in which Christians view entertainment at large, whether it's film, television, podcasts, books, video games, or even like amusement parks or whatever, whatever, is either to the left saying all art is good, all Christians should engage art because it's made by people who are still made in the image of God, so you need to engage it. Yep. I don't think that that is correct, that's right. fully engaging, which is where I used to be. Um, and I don't think that the right all the way over ultra conservatism is conservatism saying all is bad. If it's made by people of the world, it is bad. We cannot watch it. Um, or then there's people in the middle who, who I know, who I respect and I love, who just don't talk about it. They're just like, I'm just going to watch what I watch, read what I read, play the games I play. And I'm not going to talk about it. And I don't think any one three of those is, is good. Right. Um, because neither engages critically in what's being fed to them. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, it's, it's just, it's, it's dangerous to let yourself feel those things. And Mm -hmm. I, I think that's a big thing that we're going to try to do with this podcast is to try to help people think more critically about entertainment. Yeah. And so if you're, if you're sitting there right now and you're listening, you're like, oh, I just don't care about entertainment that much. Two things I want to say to you, two that we want to say to you Mm -hmm. is one, Why? Why don't you care about entertainment? Okay? And we want to end too, like, can we have that discussion with you? Allow us to please have that discussion with you and to show you that it's okay to engage entertainment as long as you're biblically, critically analyzing it and thinking about it. Um, and, and the next thing I want to say to you as well is in the, in the future of this podcast, we're not just going to focus just on entertainment. Um, just to give you a glimpse, like, next year is an election year. And yeah. so, like, we would be foolish, I believe, to not biblically, critically think about election season. Yeah. And as to what that means for a Christian society in America and how that could, uh, the ramifications of that. Mm. And we're not going to tell you who to vote for, you know, and, and in social issues we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about church issues. We're going to even just address what does it mean to worship in song, like, yeah. as we're being led in worship on Sunday mornings. Not necessarily worship as in, like, what do you do for a living and how does that worship the Lord? Right. Uh, so do you, have, do you have anything else to add to add on to that? Um, not much, except for the fact that as we push this, as we push this mentality, as we're kind of encouraging Christians to have this mentality, the big thing that we really want people to focus on is that our hearts, both Kyle and I, our hearts are with Christ first before entertainment. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we're, we're not coming to, the, to this as a perspective of saying, right. oh, we, we think entertainment's important, so we're going to force our Christian right. views on it mm-hmm. or s- something along those lines. But rather, we, we're coming at this from a perspective of the opposite, mm-hmm. whereas um, Christ is who's most important to us. And when we go and watch a movie, um, when we go and play video games, whatever it is, yeah. we're doing it with a lens that mm-hmm. is um, put in front of us. Exactly. We, yeah. And so I think that'll become more clear when we talk about a film. We're going we're gonna to do a short film review for you guys today to give you some sort of glimpse into what future film reviews will look like. Yeah. And we're going to review the film Midsummer. Um, and if you've heard anything about that film, we'll get into it. But 
it's an interesting film nonetheless, and I'll, I'll save that conversation for later. Yeah. Um, but all that to say, to quote Sam Jackson from Jurassic Park, hold on to your butts. Because it's going to get interesting. We're not professionals, but we're here for a lot of fun. And right. I hope that you are too. So buckle up. If you're in the car, please buckle up. If you're on your couch <laughs> and you buckle up, that's weird. But you know what? Hey, if, to each if, his own. If, to each his own when it comes yeah. to your couch, man. Yeah. All right? All right, here we go. Let's introduce ourselves really and fully to the people so they can understand why exactly we might be good people to listen to about this yeah. stuff. Like, how has the Lord designed us? What kind of degrees do we have? Where have we gone to school? Like, like that sort of stuff. Yeah, and yeah. then we'll get into some maybe some fun questions so it's not so heavy-handed. Yeah. So, yeah, go ahead. Totally. So, my name is Alex Holtz. Um Just this past May, I graduated from Cedarville University with a double major in youth ministry and Christian education and a minor in biblical care and counseling. And I'm continuing uh, my education now at Liberty University Online, getting a master's in arts of theology. Yeah. Nice, nice. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, my name's Kyle Cryan. I went to, uh, for older listeners, it, it was used to be Baptist Bible College. <laughs> and then for literally a year, it was Summit University. And then now it's Clark Summit University. Uh, so I graduated from there with my undergraduate degree in like it's a weird, weirdly worded degree, but I basically tell people I graduated with youth ministry and nice. counseling, um, which is basically what I studied. Yeah. Um, they just don't call it that. And then I also uh, have my master's uh, degree in uh, Christian counseling, hmm. and then I am still researching. Uh, I might go somewhere to get a master's of arts in theology. Sweet. So we're both we're both pretty well educated yeah. there. Um, yeah. So Alex, can you like let's let's answer this question really quickly? What is it that you and I believe? Um, as as it turns to faith and religion, because that is that is as we have already discussed that that's a bedrock for this podcast. Totally, yeah. So where I, where I basically come from is I, I I believe that Jesus Christ is is basically everything. Like mm-hmm. Christ, Christ came to Earth in the form of a man, yeah. died as both man and God, mm-hmm. fully man, fully God, yep. and defeated death and. The everything in the Bible points to that in a certain way, and I, I believe truly that the Bible is the central mm-hmm. and biblical, or is the central truth. Sorry, excuse yeah, me. Amen. And um, everything that is true, it comes from there. Yeah. And I believe in a sovereign God that mm-hmm. that is over us. Um, yeah. He's a, a good God, but is mm-hmm. also just. Um, and I believe that we are equipped with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Also, who is also God, yeah. um, who has given us the a way to be able to think biblically, become more Christ-like, and join in community with one another. Yeah, yeah. I would I would agree to all that. I think I think the only couple things that I would add to that um, yeah. are that we believe in, serve, and love a creative God, mm-hmm. um, who has made every human in His image. Yeah. Now, whether or not they are redeemed image bearer and that they choose salvation, the free gift of God, it is of, of faith and not works, lest no man should boast. Mm. Um, so so we, I believe in a creative God, meaning that I should engage in creative people's thought processes, yeah. which is where I think a lot of this, uh, the beginning portions of our podcast stem from, Yeah, is that I believe in everything you've said, plus that, that creative God side of all of that. 100%. And that the Bible teaches us how to engage with the arts. Mm-hmm. Because the Bible itself is full of art. Yeah. It's art that just so happens to also be 100% truth. Yeah. And so um, 
saying all of that, like, and, and I believe that that is how the Lord designed me mm-hmm. and why I think I can help people think biblically critical as, as pertains to art, life, and godliness is that on more than one occasion, someone has told me, I was like, whoa, okay, like you took that to a depth I would have never thought. Yeah. Like we'll have a discussion someday in The Incredibles too, and we'll go to places that I don't think most people would ever think of going. Yeah. Um, I remember in college, we watched the, the film The Tree of Life, mm. and there's this hour-long discussion about what the heck this movie even means, and they were hung up on the portion of the film where they flash back to dinosaurs, and I was like, that was the first act of mercy according to the director and writer. Right. Because one dinosaur gives another one mercy by not killing it. I was right. like, as you're thinking not hard enough, but also too hard about this. Yeah. And so I think that's, that's just to answer that. Like, I'm, uh, like, I think the Lord's designed me to think very creatively and very deeply. Yeah. Um, which is why I think that, you know, I can, I can be of help in this. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, for myself, I, I believe that I have been one equipped by good teaching for most mm-hmm. of my life. Yeah. Um, the church that I grew up in, I had a lot of good people to look up to and a lot of smart people. Um, but also looking into further my education at Cedarville, um, I was really, I really grew passionate there about mm-hmm. theology. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I'm pursuing this degree mm-hmm. is, um, is because I love theology. I love kind of understanding what God has given us and how he has done it. Um, and doing my best to understand that because I have, a, we all have a very limited knowledge. Yeah. Um, and that's why the word is such a blessing to us. Mm-hmm. But also from the other side of that, one of my big passions, I always tell people one of my big passions is if I wasn't going to school to do ministry, I would have gone to school to make movies mm. because I just, I, I love the creative side of it. Yeah. I love the, um, I love the technical side of it too. I think it's all such an interesting realm to like push yeah. forward art. Yeah. I mean, if I didn't go to go to Bible school, I would have, uh, been either some sort of actor or journalist or lawyer. Right. Uh, those are those are three things I think because like I can argue my way into and out of whatever I need to. Totally. Um, but so I think but I think using becoming biblically critical has allowed those parts of me. The part that researches a lot, that loves to write, the part that is is great at acting and and like coming up with characters and things like that, and the part that is just really good at. And arguing cases, mm-hmm. God has used for His glory as He as He always will. Yeah, um, but to create something, I think that is that is becoming unique to the Christian realm. Yeah, in that like I'm not afraid to engage Hollywood, but I'm also not afraid to be like, okay, you're wrong, Hollywood. Here's the truth, or you're wrong, conservative or Christian. Yes. Realm. Here's where you can meet in the middle. And it's still good and it's still biblical. Right. And that's one that's one of my big things is like as I started growing as a student and then also mm-hmm. as a Christian, kind of digging into texts, like even looking big into like outside text outside of the Bible to kind of help me understand yeah. what tr- what like truth is, like figuring out um, not only like philosophical reasoning, but also like systematic theologies and things like that because there's debates in there mm-hmm. um, within Christian community and yeah. being able to take a look at a book and not saying, okay, I believe that this is true or this right. is right to take right. in right from the face value, but taking time to sit back and be like, all right, so who else is saying something about this? What else is being mm-hmm. said about this? And more importantly, what does the Bible say about yeah. this? And how can this help me better myself 
as a Christian yeah. or as a follower of Christ. Yeah, for sure. That's something I'm learning too. I'm learning to love theology more and more, and especially in the past couple of years. Yeah. To the point where I just bought systematic theology. Oh, yes. And I'm just sitting down and just reading it. Yep. I'm just reading it, and it's riveting. Yep. And it's boring, but it's riveting at the same time where I'm like, I read a chapter. I'm going to take a 10-year nap now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I I hope that that can help us both become better yeah, cr- better critical readers and, and mm-hmm. people that are critically intaking. Yeah, so. yeah. So, so in fear of this becoming like some sort of lecture. No, that's fine. I think it's a great discussion uh, that we'll have later, probably. Um, so, what is your most as it pertains to film? Yeah, what's your most unpopular opinion? Because I'm full of them. In college, people oh, started yeah. asking me, like, "Are you tired of having the most unpopular opinion about everything?" To which my answer is no. Every time, the answer is no. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a good. I I think I have some. I definitely have less unpopular opinions than you do, Kyle. <laughs> but um, I I have a few. And a big one, I don't know how you feel about this movie. Okay. I don't know if we've ever actually talked about it, but I get a lot of flack from, I used to get a lot of flack from people at school about this. Oh no, I'm scared. Because we haven't, we haven't talked about this yet. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, we haven't, yeah. And a lot of people think this movie's garbage, and it, there's parts of it that are. And no, it's not Fast and Furious, so don't worry. But um, <laughs> I am a big advocate that I think Batman versus Superman is a, a deep philosophical. You can make, have a deep philosophical conversation about Batman versus Superman. Kyle's making a face. His face is turning super red right oh now. Oh my gosh. Oh. I think he's mad. I'm I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, sure. I, sure. I am. I love the Ultimate Edition extended I've never cut seen of that it. movie. I love It's like three hours. Cut out the last 30 minutes with mm-hmm. Doomsday and all that garbage. Yeah. And, you know, Martha, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cut out all that. I think if you took that first. Two and a half hours, I think you'd have a good conversation. Well, I'll have. I haven't seen it since I saw it in theaters. Yep. I saw it in theaters. Thought it was hot garbage. It was, yeah. Um, because Martha. of Martha. 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 What? <laughs> Your mom's name is Martha too. Get <laughs> <laughs> the spoon. It, that single-handedly ruined the movie for me. <sighs> Zack Snyder. In uh, this is a different conversation, but he just needs to stop. He used to be okay. He used to be okay. Yeah, now I need to stop. Yep. Um, I look at Batman v Superman as just like a prequel to Wonder Woman. <laughs> yeah. Well, technically, Wonder Woman's a prequel to Batman v Superman. I was gonna say that. I was gonna say. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right. What about you, Kyle? What's oh yours? gosh, this will this. I'm going to get raked over the coals for this one, <laughs> especially by I think the Christian community. Oh no. Um, Lord of the Rings, the films. Oh, I've never read I, the books. I love books, but the films are just okay. Oh man. They're just okay. I've never heard that before. I, I, now, you just finished them recently, I right? I literally just finished them last week for the first time. Yeah. And they're okay. <sighs> I, man. Why, why, why do you say that? Like, I, I, I think briefly. I, I think part of it is, is just like for years people have built them up around me. Like every okay. community benefit, been like, Lord of the Rings is amazing. It's great. And then I read The Hobbit mm-hmm. over a year ago. Yeah. And I kept waiting for the book to start. Yeah. I was like, okay, this is fine. It's okay. Then I realized, okay, it's for children. It's a children's book. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's cool. Here's the thing. I respect Lord of the Rings for what it is. Yeah. Fully do 110%. Because I, I believe in the argument of, like, maybe without Lord of the Rings, we might not have, like, Harry Potter. That's true. Who knows? We might not have stuff like The Hunger Games yeah. and, and, and other things that I do enjoy. Yeah. And so I respect it as as for what it is, you know? Yeah. And who knows? Maybe C.S. Lewis wouldn't have written Narnia if Tolkien didn't write 
um, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And so I respect it at that base level, which is why I fully know I'll enjoy the novels someday when I read them, because I do plan to read them. Right. But as far as films go, I think they're just okay. Mm. And I think a lot of it has to do with potential characterization that's left out. Mm. Um, I watched all the extended editions for you Lord nice. of the Rings nerds out there. I watched <laughs> all of them. And the third one just needs to end. The third, like it just that needs is to my freaking end. Yep. Okay, but, and also my, my, here's the thing. I don't like Frodo. Oh, man. I think Frodo's a whiny baby. Well, I think that is a, I think, I always thought that was the point of him, because I'm not a huge fan either, but maybe I'm wrong. Well, I've heard, I've read the arguments, I've heard the things, and like, I don't want this to turn into a Lord of the Rings. Right, yeah, sorry, sorry. But like, that he represents Jesus, and it's like, okay, if he did, cool, but Jesus didn't whine and complain the whole time. You're right. Like, Jesus bore his cross. Yeah. And he carried it. Yes, in the garden, he was like, Lord, if there's any way, take this cup from me. Yeah. But that was it. Otherwise, he was he was bearing his cross. Right. As the son of God. Yeah. And yes, Frodo is a hobbit, or he's supposed to represent, like, he's supposed to represent the human maybe side of Jesus. That's what I was wondering, too. But here's yeah. the thing. Is he's just a whiny baby. Yeah. And Gimli's the worst. I hate Gimli. Yeah, Gimli... Gimli. Yeah. Gimli sucks. Yeah. I'll say it. I'll say it. Yeah. Gimli sucks. I, I, especially towards the end there, yeah. too. The only, to me, the only character, here's, here's the best part about the, the Fellowship of the Ring. Yep. When is it, is it Arwen? When she's played by, yeah, yeah. She's on the horse. Right. And she conjures the water and the waves and they're chasing her. It's a big horse chase. That is the greatest part of the Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah. Two towers could be skipped. Like, <laughs> I fell asleep watching it, and I woke up, and it was done, and I, I rewound it. We're already losing followers right That's now. That's honestly... <laughs> here's the thing. If they really wanted to engage film critically, they'd... St- <laughs> oh! <laughs> but, like, yeah. Two Towers, to me, was just boring. Okay. Um, and then my favorite part, my favorite part of Return of the King is when Eowyn, she pulls off her helmet. She's like, I am no man. That's awesome. She I stabs love that, the too. demon rider into yeah. his face. And I also really, like, I got emotional when Pippin's singing and the riders are yep. riding to their doom. Yep. Like, that's, in, that's those two things are incredible feats of filmmaking. Yeah. And I think with Eowyn's Arwen, I get them, their names confused. Yeah. Specifically, that's great character building. Yeah. And I think that might be something that is, like, lacked a little bit in the movies as well as character development. So yeah. It's like, Legolas stays the same. Yeah. He pretty much stays the same. Uh, the main guy, not Frodo, the main Aragorn. dude. Aragorn. He, he becomes king. I love Aragorn. He's he's okay. Yeah. He's not terrible like Gimli, right. but he's not... I don't... I think the, the person with the most character development is um, Eowyn. Arwen. Yeah, yeah, Arwen. Arwen. Yeah. She has, to me, some of the biggest character development. Yeah. And Sam. And Samwise Gamgee. Mm. But Samwise. Oh. I'll, well, say, I'll just say that's my most unpopular movie opinion. Yeah. Is that Lord of the Rings... As a trilogy, it's just okay. Yeah, we're just, just okay. I would love for us to come up with another episode and talk about that. We probably will. Yeah. To be honest, we probably good, will. Good, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what is your? What is? What's your? If you were to just say right now, currently, mm-hmm. what's a film that you're obsessed with right now, currently, today? Ooh, right now, currently. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's tough. Um, Mostly, it's tough because I didn't prepare this question. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Just, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That I'm obsessed with. It's probably. I, I still watch videos and YouTube videos, like YouTube essays and yeah. stuff like that, about Blade Runner 2049. Oh, yeah, yeah, It yeah. came out, what, like over a year ago? Two years ago? Two years ago. Yeah. I mm-hmm. love that movie. Mm-hmm. I still watch, like, video essays. I read essays online about it. It's so good. 
I, uh, there, it's uh, there's something about like the. I just asked what what, what film you're obsessed with. I don't know. Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. no, 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 no you're right. You have thirty seconds to tell me why. The philosophical depth between questioning, uh, <laughs> between questioning humanity, it's it's so good. Yeah, I I've seen that movie once, and I I still think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I think the film I'm currently obsessed with yeah. and have been since the day I saw it in theaters yeah. was because I had to trick two friends to go with me to see it. Okay. Because um, otherwise, because I, I wasn't into seeing movies by myself yet. I okay. Going to the movies seeing by myself. Yep. But Arrival didn't even. Oh, that's a great one. Arrival. Yeah. First of all, it didn't win Best Picture. That's bullcrap. Amy Adams has been shunned for that role. <laughs> like she's perfection in that film. Yeah. That film is what you would call a perfect circle of a film. Yeah. Um, and it's the reason it's so stressful and why people don't like it is I've I still watch video essays on this as well is um, that it messes with our concept of time. Yeah. And it shows that time could be viewed differently mm. than linear. Right. And um, I, think, I think it's an incredible piece of education yeah. on, on time, on filmmaking. But I think it's, it's a great look at, into the human psyche. Yep. And, and, and Denis Villeneuve doesn't take it there. But I think we could ask the question as to why has God designed human minds in such a way that looking at time not linearly, yeah, like physically can hurt us, yeah, um, and I think that I think that is a great concept, and I think it's something really cool to talk about, yeah. Um, Two Denis Villeneuve movies, right yeah. there. Oh yeah, I didn't even, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, Denis Villeneuve. If you want to watch films that are just great entertainment, yep, and we'll talk about entertainment versus amusement another day, mm-hmm. yep. But things that will entertain you visually and spectacly. But then that will stick with you long after the credits have rolled, mm-hmm. days and weeks for for the two of us over a year. Um, you'll watch a Denis Villeneuve film, whether it's Prisoners, Arrival, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, Enemy, Sicario. Oh, yep, yep, definitely. Ooh, okay, we're gonna have all right podcast on Denis, yeah. Denis Villeneuve. Um, so those those are those kind of like who we are like yeah. as people like I think oh okay okay let's ask this question what is what's your favorite comedy oh my goodness and then like what's your favorite like horror film oh man I my thing is I really don't like comedies ooh really I I just I think there's things so, I'm learning about yeah, Alex there's so much just garbage comedy mm-hmm. out there that I just stop Agreed. watching yeah. yeah um I think my favorite is I it's either Anchorman, okay, or Nacho Libre. So we have I, very different definitions of comedy. Yeah, yeah. Because recently, Game Night is the one that I've been. The Game comedy, Night was good. Yeah, that's the mm-hmm. comedy I've been obsessed with. But mm-hmm. like, the ones I've seen the most is like Anchorman and Nacho Libre. So that would probably. I just don't watch a lot of comedies. So. Yeah, yeah. Actually, to be honest, I don't watch a whole lot of comedy either. Yeah. And I think it's because like. I saw Bridesmaids yeah. as like a pinnacle of comedy. It, it's so um, because good. it's so good. Yes, <laughs> so it, it's good. formulaic in the sense of like the third act rolls around, it gets a little emotional. Right. Um, but for me, like Bridesmaids, Mean Girls, yeah, those are those are movies that I think are are incredibly funny. Yeah. That I could watch again and again and again. Yeah. Yeah. What's a, what's a horror film that you're just like kind of you know like you enjoy it for better or worse? Yeah. Man. I... There's so many. Yeah. Uh, but Especially like, now with this new wave of like intellectual I know, art horror. I know. Oh, I don't know. I think there's like a span between yeah. like, I love like the new Blair Witch. I know you hate it. Yeah. I love the new Blair Witch it's though. <laughs> and then, but then I also like, I like some of these re- revitalizations of like Halloween and yeah. stuff like that. Like I've watched it. Um, I just bought that on Blu-ray. I think yeah. I've watched it twice since I bought it. Yeah. I saw it in theaters. It's good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I think my my favorite horror film 
is uh is uh Scream. Oh, that's great. 1996 is Scream. Yeah, West Craven. I think that not only revitalized the genre, but created a whole new subculture of film that's aware that it's a film yeah. or that's aware of society itself. Yeah. Um, especially in genre of filmmaking. Yeah. But yeah, Scream, Scream's just great. It's, it's just classic. fun. It's classic. Yep. Um, I would say the same to you, though. I love the new like style that, that the new latest Halloween brought, I love brought it. to it. Um, yeah. I'm just waiting for them to do that with Friday the 13th. Yeah. Um, totally. It, it won't be, it won't be, <laughs> I, I don't think it'll be anywhere as good. No. But I think it'll, I think it'll be fun. I, I would enjoy watching it again. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Um, so yeah, let's move on to the next section of our podcast here. So Alex, we've talked a bit about this, so I just want to be very clear on it just in a couple of moments. Can you just for us, tell us what it means to think biblically critical? Yeah. So thinking biblically critical at like face value is to take something, whatever's before you, whatever's in front of you, and to when you're taking it in, when you're engaging it, to look at it from a biblical standpoint or yeah. a biblical lens. Yeah. Um, and that ultimately that comes from knowing your Bible, having yeah. the Bible in front mm-hmm. of you, um, and also like going into it prayerfully mm-hmm. and doing your best to understand 100%. it prayerfully. Uh, and the big part of that, as I talked about earlier, that the Holy Spirit is going to yeah. work through you, and it's everything is just done from with a biblical standpoint and a biblical point of view in front of you. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. that and that's that's really what it means. And so Kyle. You, we've already talked a little about it, but mm-hmm. you agree that Christian society has kind of lost the the art of critical thinking or engaging things in yeah. a critical standpoint. Yeah, I would say I would say that either we've lost it or we're beginning to lose it. Right. Um, I think the zeitgeist of culture has um, swung from the seventies and eighties, the sixties, seventies, and eighties. It was swung, it was very left, and then I think in the nineties. It swung back to the right, where where being a Christian had had some clout, right? Um, in the early two mm. thousands, and now I think we're in this swing back to the left, of being a Christian is worthless. It means nothing. Um, it's hate filled, and so in that, I think Christians are beginning to lose the ability to think critically, biblically critical, yeah, and stand firm on that. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. So, thinking about the Bible, having that as a resource. Where do you think, what are some texts, scriptural texts that you think mm-hmm. will help us to engage the world yeah, critically? Yeah, so. I think uh, the first, like the first three, like there are three that jump to my mind. I would say First uh, John chapter 4 is big. Okay. Uh, the book of First John is big on just thinking critically about your salvation, about what it means to be a Christian. Yeah. Um, but in, in verse 1 of chapter 4, it says, like, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirit to see if it's from God. Um, for many false prophets are in the world. Mm. Um, and so that just means there we have to think critically about the world. We have to think critically about the spirit of the world mm. um, as well um, as First Thessalonians 5, 21, test everything and hold fast to what is good. Um, so I've heard that used and I've heard that used. you got to hold fast to what's good. Hold yeah. fast to what's good. Well, how do I know what's good? i got to test it. Yeah. i got to test and see if that is good. And I got to test that against scripture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Proverbs fourteen fifteen, uh, the prudent gives gives thought to his steps, and so those are those are some scriptures that I would challenge people to go to to look at to to pray over and pour over, but also to recognize that we can't hold fast to what is good or know our steps or test the prophets of the world without testing the prophets of the world. I agree. Um, yep. Yeah, and that and that just means engaging them big time. Yeah. 
So, Alex, I think we've talked enough about the critical millennial and what it is and means to be biblically critical. So let's do that for the listeners. Let's do that right now mm-hmm. with a film called Midsummer. Yeah. Midsummer is a horror philosophy film written and directed by Ari Aster. And up front for you guys, every time we do a film review, spoilers. There will be spoilers throughout our reviews. We're not going to hold back from talking about any part of the film. Yep. Mostly because it's like... If you really want to see the film, you'll see it no matter what we say about it. If you don't, you won't. Yeah. Either way. But this film, again, written and directed by Ari Aster, who wrote and directed last year's Hereditary, a film that Alex and I love. Yep. Uh, that I've seen three times and I'm terrified by each time. Yeah, I can't do that. Um, I love being scared. Love, love, <laughs> love the feeling. But it's a, it's a great film and, and uh, we'll talk about it someday. Yes. But it's just amazing. But this film, Midsummer, stars Florence Pugh and Jack Rayner as Danny and Christian, a young couple going through a hard time in their dating life, especially because Danny, again, played by Florence, her entire family's dead. Mm-hmm. Like, her mom and dad died because her sister wanted to commit suicide. So her sister commits suicide by, like, tying a hose to a gas line and tying it, taping it to her face, but it fills the whole house with, like, carbon monoxide, right. and they all die. Um, so... Christian and his friends are all studying anthropology for some reason, one or another. Who knows yep. why? Yeah. Don't, we don't need to know why. Yep. But they go to Switzerland? Yeah. Sweden? I think it's Sweden. Sweden? I, I was never fully sure. I think it's Sweden, um, yeah. But they go there in search of this midsummer, this festival that only happens every like 90 years or so, in hopes that they'll learn as anthropology students, and Danny tags along in hopes that she will find some healing from her from her grief. So yeah. that's that's the that's the basis of the film. And like I said, we'll get into some spoiler reviews. But Alex, off the bat, I want to hear your gut reaction to this film. Because my gut reaction was a bit literal. <laughs> so let's, let's, yeah. let's, let's go. Let's talk about yours. Yeah. So after this movie ended, Kyle and I saw this together. So after this movie ended, I remember turning to look at Kyle and being like, what did we just watch? Kind of thing. And not in a good way. Not in a good way. Like, I, it was... It was really just shocking in some scenes. And not in a good way. And not in a good way, right. Yeah, most of what I'm going to say is not in a good way. So uh, <laughs> it's this movie is uh, starting out, it's artistically satisfying. It's beautiful. Oh. It, it like the imagery is stunning. Like mm. the characters and the acting is are phenomenal too. I, yeah. I was honestly really impressed for people oh. that I've never seen before. Exactly. Yeah. Same. They were so good. But then you start getting into the meat of where it kind of seen literally the meat of the horror content. And it's, there are no, the bar, there's no barriers. There's none. It just, it gives you everything at face value and you have to watch it. And I don't close my eyes during horror movies a lot, but there were some scenes here, not even necessarily that were horror, I guess. Yeah, they're pretty, they're pretty scary. Yeah. Um, that I just had For to, different reasons. For different reasons, yeah. I, I just had to close my eyes. Yeah. 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 So so my my gut reaction is after the film I collected myself for a moment. Um but I basically ran to the bathroom and, and I, ran. I, yeah. I I ran and <laughs> I, I threw up I I threw up right in right in the bathroom. Um not because it was a gruesome I mean there were parts that were extremely gruesome. Um but I think because the, the way in which Ari Aster philosophically goes about solving Danny's issue with grief. Yeah. And who she is and what's happened to her. The way that he went about that made me so sick. Um, because he gives her no answer. He gives he blames her grief on everyone else. Mm. 
Um, and so my gut reaction was, is just like the first, the first two hours I'm there, I was sold. I was in on this story. Yeah. And then these last 30 minutes, the answers to her questions start unraveling. And I just became more and more uncomfortable, which necessarily isn't a bad thing. Yeah. But the way in which he made us feel uncomfortable was, was not appropriate. Right. And again, I think as, as someone who loves film, yeah. not a lot of things will disturb me. Right. To, to the to the way in which this one did. Yeah. So my gut reaction was to f- be physically ill. Yeah. Um, and it was a good thing you drove because I wouldn't have been able to drive. Right. It was, it was, oof. It was rough. Yeah. Yeah, it was very so, rough. So before we get into like that, that section, like the things that we just could not, we cannot, spoilers again for our review, we, we're going to tell you guys to not see this movie. Yeah. Like, we're just we're just gonna say like for the Christian listening to this film, our advice to you: don't see this film. Yeah, there's no part of me that will ever watch this movie. No, no. Uh, Alex even said after you said you 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 will not give Ari Aster another shot. I probably won't because no. there was in Hereditary there was like some some stuff that was pretty graphic, but mm-hmm. like it wasn't to this level, and yeah. I just can't I can't yeah. if this is what his track record's gonna be, yeah. I can't do it again. I said I'm I'm willing to give him one more shot. Yeah. I'm willing to be fair, three strikes well well, I guess it would be if it was three strikes I'd give him four more films. <laughs> but like just a third a third time at bat yeah. at a director. And if he's if he's two for three and it's great and I loved it, I'm gonna keep going. But right. if he's two for three and like I cannot watch this man anymore. Yeah. Mostly because I wanna I wanna sit down and talk to him and be like, what happened in your life? Yeah. That made you think like that caused you this pain. Yeah. That has caused you to write films about family turmoil and, and women, women yeah. in grief. Which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that, spoiler alert, for, for Midsummer, Danny is going through grief the whole time. Yeah. And, and she finds relief from her grief by killing her boyfriend. And this might be the way that my brain goes and thinks maybe too deeply about mm-hmm. it, but her boyfriend's name is Christian and she kills him. Yeah. And I don't think it is a. A metaphor for Christian martyrdom. Right. I do not. No, it's, it's but, not. But it, what, yeah. it makes me think that, like, does Ari Aster blame Christians for whatever grief might be happening right. in his life? Yeah. And, yeah. And that that's an interesting conversation I want to have with him. Yeah. Or unless it was just like, I don't know, I just named him Christian. Like, mm-hmm. whatever. Which could also be the case. And which, it's fine. Yeah. But what are some things about this film that you're like, you kind of mentioned it. Like, in that it's beautiful and the acting's great. But, like, let's talk just for a couple moments about what's good about the film. Yeah. About what we enjoyed. Yeah. Because there are parts that we greatly enjoyed. Yeah. There's like that first, oh, it's, the movie's about what, two and a half hours? Two, about, two, about two, yeah. 2.45. 2.45, 2.45, yeah. That first like 30 minutes where it's, she's faced, like she hears about her sister and her family's mm-hmm. death and everything. Like all of this is portrayed in a way that is, there's obvious like understanding of the reality of what depression is and what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, it is conveyed not in, it is not conveyed necessarily through even words, you know. Oh, yeah. Like it's all of the imagery that is given. Mm-hmm. So it's even like it's just the way like that the, it'll transition from like the winter time. It'll flip around into yeah. like the summer, yeah. the summer, or like it does the classic like upside down camera shot as yeah. they're driving, like. Or even when she when she's in the apartment, she enters the bathroom, and the bathroom turns into a to the bathroom. It looked. It was incredible. It was like almost practically seamless. Again, yeah. if you watch it frame by frame, you can see right. that the sink's a plane sink. But like, right? But it's the it's seamless. The, the flashing lights and everything. Like yeah. he obviously knows what he's doing mm-hmm. when it take, when it comes to conveying that. Imagery. Yeah, well, we're not saying that he's not a great filmmaker. He's a very good filmmaker. We're saying that the way in which he chose to tell this story in the last twenty minutes yeah. 
is not okay. I, I think my, my biggest critique in that direction, I don't want to get too far into the negatives yet, but that Ari Aster, he's an awesome filmmaker. Yeah. But if these are the films he's choosing to make, I just can't take it in. Can't get on board with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So, What's, yeah, what about you, though? For, for me, I, I think the way that Ari Aster portrays grief, yeah. the message of the film is that there's a bear in everyone's life. There's a lot of bear imagery. Yeah, even it's from, from the beginning. From the beginning through the film, um, Danny, her grief is portrayed as a bear. Mm-hmm. And and I think that is that is Ari Aster's bear in his life is some sort of grief he might not be dealing with. But the message of the film is you have to kill the bear in your life before it kills you. Mm-hmm. And I can get on board with that. Yeah, I am on board for that message. It's just the way in which... She kills the bear in her life. Right. And we'll, we'll get there. But I love that. Mm-hmm. The Florence Pugh's acting, if it wasn't for her being so transcendent in this film and so magnetic, yeah, I would have walked out. Right. If it was crappy actors in a beautiful movie with beautiful dialogue, mm-hmm. they're just crappy actors. I'd be like, all right, I'm not sitting through this. I'm going to leave. Yeah. And I don't leave films. Because of those last three minutes, I've been like, I'm going to leave. But because, because she's so just astounding in this role. She won't get any awards attention for it, sadly. Right. Sadly. I yeah. think that's sad. It, should, it is. It is. I agree. Same thing um, with Hereditary, right? Yeah. yeah. Oscar for Tony Collette. Come on, yeah. guys. Uh, Oscar for Amy Adams. Um, <laughs> for breathing. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I would say I would say that Florence Pugh in that, um, the cinematography... It's be- like we've talked about. It. It's beautifully yeah, shot. Yeah. The lighting is beautiful. The is. colors chosen for everything are beautiful. Yeah, um, you know, and that's that's really it, really for me. <laughs> that's as far as it goes. That's the same for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. what what was it? What was it about this film that has caused us to to tell Christians, no, no, maybe you should not see this film. So, yeah, the things – this movie does not hold any bars back. It, if you've seen Hereditary, um, there, there's some like – I'm just going to go out and like say it. Since yeah, we're giving, yeah. Since, no, just do it. There's, there's a little bit of nudity and things like that. And, mm-hmm. But like in Hereditary, like there's explicit like violence. Like yeah. spoilers for Hereditary. Is that okay? Yeah. No, okay, no. yeah. That girl gets her head like chopped off. And that's not even it. a spoiler. That's in the first that's true. thirty that's minutes yeah, of the movie. Yeah. And you, but you see it. Like yeah. you, they don't. Like at first you don't see it, but they show it. Oh, yeah. And then they keep showing more and more. Mm-hmm. And Artie Aster keeps showing more and more. He does. He does something similar with this movie, except that he starts at where the more was in Hereditary. Yeah. Like you see f- people's faces bashed in. You see, mm-hmm. and I'm saying this for people listening because yeah. this is a fair warning. Yeah. Um, oh. Kyle and I were talking about before this that. None of the reviews were saying any of this. Yeah, no. And it shows people's face get bashed in. It shows it shows excess amounts of gore, and the sex is it's explicit. Like I I would go so far as to say that there there's a pornographic scene. Yeah. In this film. Yeah, and it's it is not like it's not what how how most Christians would assume that that uh, mm-hmm. what what a pornographic scene in a movie in the theaters would look like. Right. Like this is. Yeah. It's explicit. It's it's so it's so explicit. Yeah. And and like 
for me, Hereditary had its moments where I was like, oh my gosh. But like, it's a quick moment. There's yeah. quick moments. This film lingers. Yeah. It lingers in that, in the destruction of people's bodies. Yeah. And in so much as to say the cult that is in the film yeah. that, that they go and see in, in Sweden. Yeah. Like, the L two elders throw themselves off a cliff. Right. In service to say, my life is done. And the whole cult watches. Right. And, like, if they don't die when they hit the ground, that's when they bash their faces right. in. And it's just, like, I was watching that, and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa this is a lot, this is a lot. Okay, but, like, you know, this is this is probably as far as he'll go. I've seen Hereditary. I've read a couple yeah. of views on this. Like, he's not going to go any farther than this. He didn't in Hereditary. Yeah. And then he takes it not one step farther, like uh, 12 I steps I was just going to say, it's like 10. Yeah. It's it's off the charts yeah. to to, like... This guy is hypnotized with something. It's just, he's hypnotized in a way that I will warn you, they don't show it how the tea that hypnotizes him is made yeah. explicitly, but you know. And I was telling Alex the whole time, I was like, his drink looks different. His drink looks different. And he didn't pick up on it. I was like, oh my gosh, his drink looks different. And I was yeah. going to throw up right there in the theater on my seat. And like, they don't show that, but it's so explicitly told to you without showing you that you're yeah. just like, you know. And then, like, there is a scene of just... It's just pornography. Yeah. It, you literally are watching people have sex. And... Without, without showing any... Without showing penetration. Right. That's basically but like, it. But, like, they're still just, like... And it's not just two people. Right. It's, like, one guy, 12 women. Yeah. And it's just... It's not okay. There's... And so we're... I want to be done talking about that. I know. I, I can't, be, I can't do done, it anymore. Like, yeah. like ooh. So, like, that's... I think, yeah. I think that's the reason... Those it's just the last twenty minutes. Yeah, it, it really is. But that last twenty minutes carry is like it's so much and it's yeah. enough yeah. that it's like I just can't do it. Again. Can't do it. I can't. Despite despite how beautiful the ending shot of the main character yeah. Danny is, yeah, the journey to get to that shot is not worth it. You could just Google it. Yeah, <laughs> big time. Like, yep. yeah, yeah. Um, so you're probably asking like, so why why did we see this movie then? Yeah. The big thing is... Or why did you... I think we wanted to see this movie. I think for different reasons. Yeah, yeah. So, Alex, why did you want to see this movie? One of the big reasons is I, I really do like horror. Yeah. So, we'll, just like base level, like yeah. I like horror. To be honest, I love horror. Yeah. I love it's, horror it's fun. I find it's fun to be scared. Mm-hmm. It's, it's That's just part yeah. of it. But two, when I saw Hereditary last year, I was like, wh- who is this? Like, who's this guy? And I'm... Basically, after I saw Hereditary, I'm like, that was horrifying. Yeah. Like... I'm ready to like be scared again. Mm-hmm. And so I really, I wanted to go into it and it even it's the marketing yeah. was like, it's like the bright colors yeah. and like, I think it's just, it's so attractive to the eye, mm-hmm. but it's, it's so scary. But I'll, but I'll say that the marketing made it look like a different film. I, I agree. I was going to mention that too. Made it look completely different. Yeah. Not that it's a bad thing. Marketing's kind of supposed to do that sometimes. Right. Yeah, especially if a, if someone like Aster wants to hide a lot of the film, mm-hmm. which it's okay to do. Like yeah. I'm not against that. Yeah, but I think that's kind of what drew me in was like knowing Hereditary, knowing him as a writer director, because like there's so much in Hereditary that's deep, that's philosophical, it's about family dynamics and grief and, yeah. and loss and love. Yeah, that I was like I'm ready. I'm ready for what his next message, like or his next deep. Right. Deep dive into the human psyche is. Right. And I think that Hereditary had so... There was so much behind it. Like, yeah. 
Yeah, uh, the the acting in Hereditary. It that there's the dinner table scene. Yeah, I've we'll, we'll get into. But that dinner table scene. So uncomfortable. Yeah, it's like that, but not but not here's okay. We should different uncomfortable. Different different uncomfortable than what Midsummer made us. Uh, this uncomfortable was like I was sitting at the table watching people fight. Yeah. and I didn't want to be there anymore. Yeah, whereas we've all been there. Right. Whereas Midsummer was mm-hmm. I couldn't watch this anymore because I can't I can't watch porn. <laughs> can't can't, can't we're, we're not for porn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think th- again those are those are very similar reasons why I went into Midsummer. Is knowing that this guy thinks very deeply about a lot of life. Yeah. He's not he's not a Christian by any means necessary. I, yeah. I do not believe, um, but to engage him on his thought level at that depth is something that I greatly enjoy, and even still, like knowing that and knowing that the message of the film is like everyone has a bear in their life that they have to mm-hmm. deal with, and you got to kill the bear before it kills yeah. you. And so I think for Christians that could be like a sin issue. Yeah, you could look at it as that like what's the sin issue in your life you got to kill before it kills you. Yeah. You know, um, so that's why I went to the film. Like it had nothing to do with how it looked. Yeah. It had everything to do with who this writer director is. Yeah. Um, but if who he is, like if who I think he's becoming is who he's going to be, then I don't think I can stick around, which is why I'm going to give him one more film. Yeah. Um, you have to let me know how that goes. Yeah. I'll let you know how that goes. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so we, we, we didn't know, I think to be clear is we didn't know going in. Yeah. Because nowhere, not even early reviews, we're letting in on the last 20 minutes. We're letting in on, like, how gory and horrific it is. Yeah. Like, they just weren't. They were just saying, oh, it's like this deep philosophical movie. And, like, there's essays on this film. Right. Which there should be. Yeah. I think there definitely should yeah. be. But we we were not warned going in that the last 20 minutes we're going to be, like, watching a, a, a pornographic right. film. I think that... In a, in and of itself says something mm-hmm. about uh, how people that are intaking movies because I think there's one side of it that's like you don't want to spoil it I get that kind of thing but there's another yeah. side where I don't think people are feeling the weight of yeah. what they're watching yeah they're numb to it yeah they're definitely numb to it and I, I don't know I don't I'm, I could probably make this generalization mm-hmm. being an American but yeah. a lot of the media that we intake it just it causes us to be numb to it in, oh, yeah. in a sense that yeah. if you're not critically engaging it, if you're not truly understanding mm-hmm. what's happening on yeah. screen, that stuff is just yeah. going to flow through. So you. let me let me ask this question then of us: biblically, why shouldn't Christians see this movie? Why don't you go first? I think I think specifically because of um, what what is intake. Mm-hmm. What like I, for, I always forget the verse, but like what goes in is what comes out. Yeah, yeah. Is like what I you intake. Is what's gonna come out of you, yeah. um, and so if like you go into this film and you're intaking this, like I pray and like it, it has not come out of myself, mm. but like the fact that it's there, and then also if you struggle with with pornography yeah. or that temptation, like that's gonna be there for you in the last twenty minutes of this film. Yeah, um, if you are someone who struggles deeply with depression or even like thoughts of suicide, yeah, this film's not for you, and I think biblically. That goes into like bodies the temple, yeah, and like you have to say get behind me, Satan. You have to flee temptation. I think there's a lot of temptations to a despair, yeah, in this movie. Mm. Um, Interesting. I think there's a lot of temptations to that. I think for for guys and and women, I yeah. think for people there's that temptation to to lust, yeah, because you see you see a fully nude man running around, and yeah. they're not there. It's not from the waist up. No, it's. Multiple times, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, and in and, and all of that, to say, like, I think that the that scripture is very clear 
on a lot of those things yeah. as far as like sex outside of marriage. Now again, like there's films that show sex outside of marriage all the time, all the time, but they're not this deeply explicit. Right. Um, so that's, those are, those are some reasons I would say for Christians not to see this film. Yeah. Um, but again, we can't stop you from going to see yeah. this film. Our advice to you is to not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What would you say? I would second both of those. Um, I think that point that you made about if you struggle with depression or if that's a reality in your yeah. life, that you know, could definitely be mm-hmm. triggered by this because the way that she handles the situation, there's no hope. In, there's no hope. And the fact that our hope is mm-hmm. in Christ yeah. and that everything that, that we have is, yeah. Yeah. is Christ. Let me, let me rephrase that though. Yes. She finds hope in blaming other people for her situation. I was going to mention that. Yeah. yeah. She finds hope in ultimately having her boyfriend drugged. Yeah. So he's paralyzed, mm-hmm. sewn into an empty bear carcass. Yeah. And burned alive. Yeah. I, I was uh, It's unhealthy. I mean, it's, it's, it's to an extreme. To an extreme, it's unhealthy. But how often then do we blame other people for the way that right. we feel? Yep. About what they've done, what they've said. Right. Like, no, you can't. Like, that's, no, you don't do that. Yeah. You are responsible for your heart. Right. And that, and that's a weighty comment, you know? Like, uh-huh. th- that's something that's weighty to say. But there's redemption that comes mm-hmm. in Christ. And if, you, if, you're, if you're struggling with these things and you're going to this movie with those struggles... Yeah. Your heart is gonna, it's not it's gonna be tormented and it's gonna be there's gonna be pushed back yeah. to what you to your sin nature. Yeah. Whereas if Christ will mm-hmm. you will be glorified with Christ and Christ is sanctifying you, he is the hope. It's not yeah. you don't find hope exactly. in releasing stress or giving mm-hmm. giving it to other people or blaming other people. Right. You have a sin nature just like everybody else, but yeah. Christ is your hope. But Christ is your hope. And that's and that's something I would say is biblically another another reason to not see this film is yeah. that there is no hope offered. Um, however, I will say that like the message of the film is still good. It is. Like, yeah. We all have a bear in our lives that mm-hmm. if we don't kill it and deal with it, yeah. it will kill us. If we don't deal with our sin yeah. as humans, first and foremost, your sin will ultimately be your death yep. for eternity. Yeah. And then as believers, if we don't deal with our temptations, if we don't deal with our sin struggles, yeah. It's not to say we're going to die and, and go to hell eternally. Right. But it's to say that, like, ultimately it'll be the death of us, meaning that, like, by not dealing with my sin issues, if I didn't deal with them, life on earth would be a lot more tedious yeah. than it is. And there would be no hope. So that's what I think to say is the message for Christians is, is like, kill the bear in your life so that way you can fully even more place your hope in Jesus Christ. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. But Ari Aster and Midsummer. <laughs> yeah, I don't say doesn't say that. I hope these comments were enough to help you understand. <laughs> yeah, like there's there's some things that we wanted to say that we just feel like we we should not say yeah. about this film. Yeah. Um. So so that that is what we're talking about when we're saying being biblically critical about a film. Yeah. We examined the film for what it was. Mm-hmm. We saw it through the lens of scripture. We talked about it with each other too. Yeah. About what we both saw, what we both struggled with within the film. Alex repeatedly asked me, Hey, are you physically okay? Yeah, yeah. Made sure I was okay. Um, but now we've we've thought about the film and we've examined it. We've brought it's our, the issues we have with it to light. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've referenced scripture in it. We've referenced the hope of Jesus Christ yeah. um, and how it, it doesn't point to him. Yeah. Um, there are some films that will. Yeah. Um, and then we're not doing some sort of rating system. We're just telling you our thoughts, how the movie made us feel, and saying, hey, if you are a believer, we don't think this film's for believers. Right. Yeah. And we, we hope that 
we want you to engage media critically too. And that's why we're, that's why we're doing this podcast. Like we said before, that's why we're taking you on this Mm -hmm. ride with us is because we see movies like Midsummer. We want to be able to have conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And we, this is like real conversation. Mm -hmm. This isn't, I like it. I didn't. Right. That's the end of it. Right. But how can we, why do we Mm -hmm. not like it? What about it? Don't we like, Mm -hmm. and why is this damaging to us as a Christian? And I think that answers a lot of things about being in the world, not of the world. Yeah. I think uh, that that verse and that idea has been thrown around a lot at me specifically because yeah. it's like, how you're supposed to be in the world, not of the world. Why would you see that? Well, because I'm not of the world. Yeah. At the end of the day, I've gone and seen the film because I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world in the conclusions I've drawn about it yeah. and in, in what it has caused me to think and feel and do and research from it. Yeah. If we were sitting here saying, ah, the pornography's fine, yeah, like, right. go and watch the porn, then that would be being in the world and of the world. Right. But because we're sitting here saying, First two hours of this film are perfect. Those last 20, 25 minutes, we cannot see it morally. Here's why. Yeah. Because we're in the world, not of the world. Right. Um, so all that to say, we thank you so much for joining us on this uh, this lengthy little bit of a podcast <laughs> here. Uh, we hope that you've enjoyed it. Um, thank you for being critical with us. And uh, we really look forward to just you engaging with us in conversation. If you've seen this film and you know who Alex and I are, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'd love to talk to you about Definitely. it. Um, reach out to Alex and I on Twitter. I am at uh, KYE2KYEC on Twitter. That's Kai2Kai yep. on Twitter. And I'm at ShamWowBoy. There's a story there. There's a story. Yeah, yeah. we won't get into yeah. that. It's easy uh, enough. ShamWowBoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And be on the lookout for us. We're going to be on all types of platforms. Um, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts yep. is where we're going to be at. Uh, just look for the critical millennial. Yep. And uh, let's get critical together. Woo. We'll see you around. All right. Bye. Bye. Critical. Critical. Oh my gosh, the critical millennial.